0: Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Rob. We're a writing team from New Jersey with a passion for film. An aggressive, all-consuming passion. Well, whenever we see a news article we find, like, insane, uh, immediately it's... How can we make a movie out of this? Every episode we read a crazy article from different sources and tumble down our own rabbit hole. discussing cast, crew, and plot. And then we hash out a pitch for a feature film. So, join us as we BS about movies and ask the important question...
1: What do you got? What do you got?
0: What do you got? What do you got? That's the new theme song. What do you have? What do you have? bump 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 bump. And then we flip it over to Rob, and Rob goes. Back to sleep. <laughs> Back to the future sleep. I guess technically it's kind
1: of time travel. (laughs) I just die for a little bit.
0: (laughs) And then I'm in the future. And you always write your name on your underwear. (laughs) Oh, Calvin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure why you do it but you do it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This is episode 49. For the last four or five episodes, I would say, we'd been saying, we need an idea for 50. We need an idea for 50. And then at some point I went, I have an idea for 50. Let's talk about it off the air. And then the next episode I went, we need an idea for 50. And Rob went, I thought you had an idea for 50. And I went, I think I forgot it. Um, <laughs> so...
1: What an exciting recap. Well, kids, tune in next time for more amazing bot adventures.
0: (laughs) Um, However, we can now officially announce episode 50 uh, will be launching. Let's see. This is going to be coming out on the 14th of this episode. So the next episode would be coming out on the 28th of May. Uh, Episode 50 will be launching. We are doing a collab with our good friends at the Trilogy podcast, um, our friends Scott and Vin. We are going to be, we haven't recorded it yet, but we are, uh, we're in the process of formulaic ing it. Um, and we will be recording that this coming week. Um. If you haven't listened to the Trilogy podcast yet, please go check them out. You can find them everywhere you can find us, I believe, Spotify. It's a
1: iTunes. really cool podcast and at this point they they just are so whip smart about knowing like what all the tropes of a trilogy are and yeah. it, it just like it, it almost ruins trilogies in a way because <laughs> now I'm I'm going to see things different. I, I can't even describe it. It's such a good show
0: um they they are very they're much more a scientific approach for obvious reason they are actually dissecting the ideas of trilogies and tropes and different movies and things like that whereas rob and i are just shooting the shit and coming up with some funny stories um so it's going to be an interesting clash uh between more of their kind of like edited and scripted approach um and our kind of you know, we we purposely do not edit our episodes like Rob will cut out some dead air here and there. Or if like we say something we didn't mean to or, you know, like uh, a lot of the times it's dead air when we're coming up with titles for the movie. Um, we'll cut out that type of stuff. But our episodes on purpose are not edited because this is their they're pitch meetings, you know. Yeah, Shout out Ryan try not to interrupt um,
1: the stream of consciousness.
0: Exactly. The, the whole purpose of these is for us to come up with ideas on the spot. And it is so people realize that we are actually doing this on the spot. We do not. Besides when we read the article and pitch our own, we do not come up with anything together. It's kind of like when we do the special guest episodes, we have no idea what the article is going to be. Um not that I think there's anyone out there going, like, nah, I think they're scripted, but you know, if there is, you guys can shut up and <laughs> deal with it. Uh, but I, I think there's going to be an interesting clash between their more scientific and scripted approach and our more pitch meeting style um, stream of consciousness, like Rob said, approach. So it's going to be an interesting way. Uh, it'll definitely most likely be a longer episode. Our ooh,
1: very unorganized.
0: <laughs> oh, a very unorganized podcast. Wow, wow, um, wow. <laughs> uh, basically, their episodes tend to go. I think he says what they they usually record for about three hours, and they cut it down to about an hour and a half. I think. Yeah, he Scott said they go said. for about
1: three and then they cut it down to like an hour and a half, two hours.
0: Right. Whereas with us, we go for about 45, 50, and that's the whole episode. Um, so the episode 50 will definitely be a longer episode. Uh, I'm going to say it'll probably be run around. We're, we have to pitch three movies, so it'll probably run around an hour and a half. Maybe it'll even go to two hours. Who knows? Um, but stay tuned for episode 50 because that's going to be a great one. However, we're not there yet in terms of counting we're the one before 50, which is 49. And this article was brought to you by Robert Jeremoyle Lincoln Dickerson, t- the fourth. I've told you my middle name
1: so many times. I don't remember it. I don't even remember my middle name. It
0: starts with a W. It's my dad's name. <laughs> Skip? Um, well, that's his nickname um what <laughs> skip is apparently a nickname what? for william there's a lot of really weird nicknames, especially like male nicknames from like the 60s and stuff there's a lot of weird ones like why is dick a nickname for william why is uh, Bill? On that,
1: yeah on that same well bill will or they kind of go together but, but it's like not I, the same letter i never understood how you get chuck from, from charles charles yeah
0: or also, also like Chaz too.
1: There's that one, that one feels like someone was just riffing in this Paul Rudd style. Like, <laughs> uh, hey, see you later, Billy Boy. Uh, I'll I'll see you around, Chaz.
0: Chaz. See you later, Jobin. <laughs> what would you just call me? Nothing. You you gave me a cool nickname like Pistol, and I called you Jobin. <laughs> <laughs> Um Let's get down to some potatoes. Rob, will you do the honors? No meat? (laughs) Just potatoes.
1: Sure. Um, So I am uh, endlessly fascinated with the history of space travel uh, and the many heroes who have uh, broken bounds in that point. Uh, Probably chief among them is is Yuri Gagarin, the first man to uh, enter space, Russian cosmonaut. Now, I was inspired to go looking for this story, I'm going to tell you, um, by just seeing a quick infographic uh, that said that Russian cosmonauts uh, have historically gone into space armed. Uh, which is a weird thing to think about. Why did they give them guns Because you to never go know what space?
0: emptiness is going to do, dude. Yeah. I've seen the movie Life with Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, well, not for that. <laughs> um, it's because now when American uh, space capsules came back down from orbit... Uh, and you, you can see this in all the old footage and pictures, they made it so that they would land in the ocean. Uh, they come in and they parachute, they land in the ocean, and they get picked up by the Navy. Uh, the Russians were not interested in doing that. <laughs> um, they were like, no, you gotta show up as, as close as possible. We don't feel like making this a thing. Uh, so they would land like in Russia, uh, these things. They'd make touchdown on soil and you know you're hurtling back from outer space so you're not (laughs) you're not always 100% sure you're gonna land where you think you're gonna land and Russia of course is a very harsh uh, environment and they're like well if there's wolves or bears we're gonna make sure you can (laughs) shoot them so there would be a gun in their survival kit in case they went up in the wilderness and well, that kind of happened to to Yuri.
0: I mean, it makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. if they do miss their mark and they land in the forest, there's a lot of bears out in Russia.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of Russia.
0: There's a lot of Russia. I don't think people realize how much Russia there is, mm. but there's at least one full Russia.
1: Our our maps are lies, so it <laughs> it looks it looks maybe smaller than it is, or larger than, in a certain sense than it is. Uh, I hate I hate the globes we grew up on. They're so not good. <laughs> um it was this article uh is uh, what an incredible title the amazing story of what happened when the first person in space landed back on earth involves potatoes <laughs> <laughs> and if that isn't just a pleasant thing to think about <laughs> Sh-
0: shout out to our, our our streaming twitch friend gifted faker she uh she absolutely loves potatoes uh she's quite obsessed with them so i potatoes thought and her, chairs potatoes and chairs i thought of her what a, what an odd personality i thought of her very much so uh when i was when i was reading this article and uh you know maybe we'll have uh maybe we'll have gifted on as a um as a special guest one time mm-hmm.
1: oh that's a good idea just have our yeah. stream friends on we've already had Meg, so that makes sense
0: yeah that's the start and we've we've had matt too though matt isn't streaming currently but
1: mm-hmm. um so uh I'll, I'll i'll skim through the article just uh you know for the kind of junk together spaceships that the Russians had, uh, they could be strangely reliable. And on this day, they happened to be. Uh, Yuri Gagarin uh, entered space and orbited the Earth for two hours, um, opening up mankind to a whole new world of possibilities that we've been living in ever since. Uh, and then he had to come back down. So he overflew the landing zone These things were not super easy to control. Sometimes you didn't even have controls as the span in a can. Uh, So he overshot by about 52 miles and uh, landed out near some farms and people who were not even familiar with most technology, much less, you know, capsule from space.
0: Well, they they also discussed that the Soviets really kept it under wraps, unlike America, where America was like, we're gonna go to space, we're gonna go to space. Sofia was like, Soviet Russia was like, we're, we're not telling anybody. So a yeah. lot of like, you know, Soviet uh, citizens, So I said Soviet, a lot of Soviet citizens just had no clue that this was even yeah. happening. So imagine... Just in case knowing, they were gonna
1: get embarrassed.
0: Yeah, n- imagine not knowing that that your country was going to space had no idea that this technological advancement was even currently happening and then suddenly a space capsule crashes near your farm Yeah, <laughs> that's terrifying that's actually terrifying
1: yeah uh out in out in the boonies in kazakhstan uh, a grandmother and her granddaughter and you can see a picture of them in the article and they look mm-hmm. exactly like you think they would
0: you'd think they would
1: yeah Uh, i'm not going to try and pronounce their names uh, out of respect to the kazakh people (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah they're out there planting potatoes uh when they notice two red balls rapidly coming out of the sky i'll just uh i'll read what uh the little girl uh, said she saw a little more time passed and rita had already forgotten about the strange balls in the sky. When suddenly the girl saw something huge and beautiful rise from the field. It was an orange monster. She said, suddenly he stirred, got up and went behind him on the ground, dragged uh, together a huge parachute and ropes. She told her grandmother, well, you didn't want to watch, but now he's coming to us. Here he comes. <laughs> uh, when the helmet was removed from alexevich Gagarin and, and his face became visible, the grandmother began to ask questions. There was no one else around. People rarely met out in the fields. And if they did, they usually came by car. The grandmother asked what he had come in. Oh, on the ship. What ship? There's no water here. (laughs) Then Yuri said something, and I know now he was fucking with them. I am from the sky. (laughs)
0: Because what an easy way to defuse a situation yep. by being vague as ever-loving hell. <laughs>
1: yeah, She didn't believe him, and the man invited her to go to the booth of the, the space grass so she could be convinced of everything uh, personally. The granddaughter wanted to go with him, but a calf came up to the bucket and began to eat her potatoes. Uh, at this point, the potatoes were more important for her than Yuri Gagarin. They didn't know who he was, so she and, stayed there to protect and him. And those
0: potatoes are their livelihood. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, they were gone for a long time, she said. When they returned, a crowd of farmers had already appeared. Apparently they'd heard on the radio about the landing. Uh, they ran to us. They had hose, pitchforks. <laughs> People ran up and surrounded them. I made my way through the crowd and I saw that the alien was lying on the field and the spacesuit was being removed from him. She's still calling him alien. <laughs> People uh, untied and twisted something on his arms and legs. And when the spacesuit was unbuttoned, I was finally convinced that this was a man. You know, he was different from everyone else and that he was constantly smiling. He had a smile from ear to ear. I guess these people were not living very well. Uh, <laughs> then a helicopter flew in for him, if I'm not mistaken, from the helicopter school, and they took him away. So this is the weirdest day that anyone on this collective farm could have possibly had. <laughs> and yet still, they were a bit more concerned about their potatoes and cow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, again, screams gifted faker. Um <laughs> Was I the only one that absolutely just envisioned the moment in Back to the Future when, oh yeah, when of Marty crashes through the the old man? Oh, what's his name? The guy who owns the the Twin Pines, and he breaks one. Uh, let
1: me see if I remember the uh, the line. Uh, oh, no, it's all used to be farmland, old man Peabody.
0: Peabody, he had these, yep, uh, there you go. Crazy idea reading pine tree. Yeah. <laughs> that that just that's exactly what I envisioned when I saw this.
1: My favorite Easter egg in the movie that they took the time for you know, at the beginning of the movie it's Twin Pine Mall. Yep. Marty goes back in time, drives through one of two small pine trees, and when he comes back to the future, the mall is called Lone Pine Mall. Yep. <laughs> they didn't have to do that, but they did.
0: No. Nah, no, nah, they didn't have to do that. But Zemeckis was so good at those little details for like the alternate timelines you know timeline a timeline b the little details they changed in that from everything that marty or doc or whoever did it just mm, chef's kiss um
1: a great trilogy which you can listen to on
0: the <laughs> yes. there you get. go <laughs> back uh, to the future listen to the trilogy podcast dis- discuss dissect and enjoy do Robocop um,
1: first, though. Robocop Ro- is cool. Ro- Robocop first.
0: Robocop, I always forget how gory RoboCop is. Like, I don't expect it. It's because know? there was
1: a weird thing that happened when we were kids, where I guess we were all pretty insistent on he's a robot and a cop, so this is for us. Mm-hmm. And culture sort of bent around that to make it true, even though it wasn't like there was a Robocop Kids cartoon. You can get <laughs> toys. I'm like, this is a hard R.
0: Oh, yeah. I've never seen any of the other movies either. I've only seen the first movie.
1: They're not great. I've, second I'm, I'm one, sure. The second one is okay. The third one is bad.
0: Interesting. So funny enough, we're talking about Back to the Future and we're talking about Robocop. Both Peter Weller and Christopher Lloyd were at Chiller last week. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, and you that's know, Dr.
1: What? Peter Weller, sir. Is it really? Yeah, he has a doctorate.
0: I did not know that.
1: Um like a for I real did, one.
0: <laughs> I unfortunately could not find him. So I don't know if he was there Sunday when I was there, but he was there Friday, Saturday. Um, Christopher Lloyd looked great. Looked like in really good shape, really good health. And I don't I don't mean that as like a old man looks good, but like, you know, back in twenty fifteen when he did the small reunion with Michael J. Fox, he you know, he he definitely looked a lot slower and stuff, but he actually looked really great um when we uh when we saw him on Sunday. That's always good to hear. And I know you you met him as well, right? At some point?
1: Yeah, my mom got my brother and I uh, as a gift. Um we went to the State Theater in Easton, Pennsylvania, I think. Uh just a packed theater where we watched the movie, which seeing it with a, a crowd is like amazing, like people were whooping and cheering and and screaming like when George punches Biff, we were all losing <laughs> our minds. It was great. And then after Chris came out and answered questions, and we had bought a special package, so we took pictures with him and he signed a poster.
0: That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Um, I know that. Uh, was it was it 2015 when? No, it would have been earlier when they re released the first movie in theaters because I know I, went I think to it was 2015
1: because that. that was the anniversary
0: was it I feel like, oh yeah you're right you're right I figured they would have released part two but it was just part one but I guess if it was the anniversary of 85 yeah that makes sense um, well, it was a national
1: holiday the day that Marty McFly arrives in 2015
0: that's true and they were only off the Cubs winning the World Series by one year <laughs> Rob and I watched that game together and we freaked out <laughs> yeah yeah it was, it was really also true. a really good series yeah um Unfortunately, and uh, on, on a on a sadder note, I don't know if you saw, Rob, um, but Fred Ward did pass away today. Um, Fred, from Tremors? Yeah. Oh, man. He's 79. Um, wow, he's older than I thought. Right? Me too. I did not expect him to be uh, 79. Is I thought he'd Kevin be like... Kevin Bacon's in, his, in his
1: early 60s? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Were... Kevin
0: Bacon, I think, is 61 or 62. Um, Fred Ward, the man that I always thought should play Punisher, but then we got Fred Ward Jr. and John Bernthal, so... <laughs> um, oh my god now i can't unsee it right the man should have played punisher back in like the 80s and 90s
1: very strong uh, squinty faces
0: yeah um but yeah so he he passed away today so uh, our condolences wow, R. All R. with family and friends um great actor great character actor for a very long and prosperous career as well and speaking
1: um, just to tie it into what we were already talking about, he was one of the stars of uh, one of the great movies about uh, space travel, The Right Stuff.
0: That's true. That is also true. Look at that. Everything's coming full circle today. Um, <laughs> so speaking of the circles, the crop circles, um, <laughs> let's 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 figure out uh, what's going on here. So uh, so Rob, <laughs> well, you know, what, what do you got? Get it out. Jesus.
1: So, um, I have two titles to pitch for you, Um, depending on the tone we ultimately go with. Okay. My first title is Spudnik, spelled spud with a D like a potato.
0: That's a Friends reference.
1: Okay. (laughs) I believe you. I don't know that, but I believe you.
0: (laughs) Ross literally dresses up as a giant potato Sputnik in one of the halloween episodes that's really funny
1: (laughs) oh man i really should have been watching friends
0: yeah you should uh we're we're white men in our 30s you you should have been watching friends (laughs) you you know um Uh,
1: (laughs) my other title is men are from
0: mars
1: (laughs) 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 uh, for a director i chose shane black Ooh, okay um, this is a somewhat irreverent style I was looking for, and uh he also ties into something that kind of informed uh the approach I'm taking to this so just the notion of a space traveler a- arriving in front of people who have no idea that this should be happening or could be happening mm-hmm. and no context for it was really intriguing to me, so I figured All right, I'll keep the general kind of Soviet nature of this and um I want it all to be from the perspective of very poor farmers. I've moved it even further out. Um, not in Kazakhstan. Our guy is landing in fucking Siberia.
0: Okay, uh, is it present day or is this back in the sixties? Um,
1: you know, I I don't know how the the quote unquote newer Russian spacecraft land. Right. Um, I don't know if they parachute in in capsules or if it it physically lands. Um, because they're weird looking ships. Mm-hmm. And they're all we got <laughs> workhorses. Uh, but I mean, it's, I'm going to say during the space race. Um, okay. Although we don't really have to say it because. <clears throat> excuse me. What I'm thinking about doing is following a group of people. Who. And and this is true. There are people who absolutely disappeared off the face of the earth. When the communists came into power. Mm hmm. Um, because they were very religious, and uh, the Soviet communists were uh, by principle atheists and very repressive of a lot of the uh, Christian organizations in Russia. Um, the, you know, the Orthodox Church kind of slipped in, but they were heavily looked after. A lot of people just kind of disappeared into Siberia to kind of keep living their lives uh, and not be found by the government. Mm-hmm. And we kept finding them like out in the middle of nowhere in Siberia, like these people who had been out of contact, whole families for decades. Right. And had no idea what was going on. Um, so I, I wanted to follow one of these families um, who doesn't really know what year it is. As as we start the movie with these people, it, it, it could be like Fiddler on the Roof times and we wouldn't know. <laughs> okay. They're just out there making a living in, in a very cold place Um, when, from their perspective, this is actually kind of a horror movie to me. Okay. Um, because from their perspective, A, they've been dealing with an extremely aggressive bear. Uh, that is going after any animals they're raising and and causing a lot of havoc for them. And they're having a hard time dealing with it because they don't have firearms. When one day something falls out of the sky and almost as if they are the cast of the movie Predator which is ki- kind of why I went with Shane Black. Hmm. They think that some kind of fucking demon has come out of the sky. Uh, which this demon is also battling the bear with his very oh. loud boomstick uh, <laughs> from you got his Soviet like pack. a
0: bear battle royale.
1: Yeah, so to them, now they're dealing not just with a killer bear, but with a any demon from the sky. Um, and this family uh engaging both of them because they can't tell that it's a human guy because he's still got his helmet and his suit on, okay. for protection because it's very cold so to that it to them it's this is like a three way survival thing as these people are at war with each other. um uh, we don't really know why the cosmonaut uh, is is engaging with them. He probably thinks you know these people are coming after me. I've overshot so far yeah i'm in uh, I'm in the west and these people mm, are trying okay. to capture me which is why he is antagonistic to them because he's like who the fuck are these weird shtetl people
0: <laughs> did you uh did you say who your cast is
1: so i was actually thinking about doing a russian language film with oh, subtitles okay. i don't know a lot of russian language performers okay uh unfortunately i have a couple people um i was thinking about um do you ever see behind enemy lines yes so there's a guy you want uh, Owen Wilson. <laughs> wow, that took the wind right out of my sails. <laughs> um, there's a a guy in um in that movie his name is Vladimir Mashkov uh who plays like this sniper that's chasing owen wilson throughout the whole movie right uh who looks exactly like the protagonist of grand theft auto 4 i think they took it from this (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, who i wanted to play the cosmonaut because he's like a really well-known russian actor so i figured at the end maybe when he's you know dying and they remove his helmet that would be cool for the russian audiences to be like oh it's vladimir
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's that's good
1: Um, And as far as the Russian family, again, I am very quickly exhausting my knowledge of Russian speaking uh, actors. But uh, there was this movie that Nick and I watched a few years ago called Black Sea with uh, Jude Law and Scoot McNary.
0: That was such a sleeper hit. That movie was so much better than it had any purpose being.
1: Yeah, sure did. Um, there was a, a a really good Russian cast in that. Someone stood out to me. I'm gonna try and find his name.
0: Was it Konstantin Kabensky?
1: No, I think that's an older guy. Oh, uh, uh gregory Dobrigan. Uh, oh, okay, yep. He, he had the epic beard in that movie, <laughs> and uh, I really liked that guy a lot. I thought, um, I, I liked uh, I liked him, and I wanted him to play the head of the family in this. Uh, especially if he's kept that beard.
0: He's also in a Most Wanted man. He's in. Where do, in... Where do I know that from? Um, it's um, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman, Rachel McAdams, Daniel Bruhl is in it. Robin mm. Wright. I don't think I saw it. It's. Uh, I think I saw it a while back. I remember. What year did this come out? 2014. Yeah, I remember when this movie came out because I think this was one of Philip Seymour Hoffman's last films. Oh, okay. if not the last, no. Oh wait, uh, Hunger Games was his last. This was his last non-Hunger Games movie,
1: right? I remember he was like the camera guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Daniel Bruhl, friggin' love that man. He's amazing. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the gist of what I'm pitching: is this this family that's cut themselves off from society? That you know, because we're seeing it from their perspective, we as an audience don't really know exactly what time period they're living in.
0: Yeah, okay. Um,
1: who are dealing with not just this force of nature, but now that what they believe to be a supernatural force, uh, and the interactions between the three of these things throughout the movie, which lends it to a kind of a horror-thriller uh, notion, and that is uh, that is my movie.
0: Interesting, interesting, very nice. Um, I think the Men Are From Mars title works a little bit better, just because of the premise you're going with your, ass, your cosmonaut character. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, b- both work fine, but I like I like that one a little bit better. Spudnik is a little bit too sharp for me. Well,
1: n- well now that I know it's a Friends joke, I don't want to use it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I figured. <laughs> and now, it was- and, not,
1: and not, it's not like I have something against Friends. I just It's just because if it's notable enough where you immediately knew, then I don't want to uh, use yes, it. Yes,
0: but also how many other people would immediately... I'm, I, I mean, most Friends fans would, I would say.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's one of the most popular shows in the history of television, so...
0: Um, I'm gonna send you the image of Ross
1: just so <laughs> a nice David Schwimmer dressed up as a metallic potato. Let's see what we got.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's all I'm imagining is he's just in you know, like a weird oval shaped costume with aluminum foil. You
0: are ninety-nine percent right. I just tested. Oh my it. god. <laughs> oh my god. And the friends exhibit in New York City has that costume as a matter of fact i probably have a photo of it (laughs) that's amazing
1: that should be our header for this article
0: (laughs) just david schwimmer honestly yeah i'm just gonna do i'm gonna do a photo of david schwimmer (laughs) in uh the spud nick outfit your spud nick (laughs) um darn it where was it it was oh no uh i thought when when do we go we went after Halloween, didn't we? I is that, is after, that
1: the one where you yes. went and you took like a picture with like the mound of Joey's clothes that he yes. wore?
0: Yep, yeah. that. Okay, I'm sorry. They didn't have the Spudnik. They had the Harma, uh Holiday Armadillo. They had the Holiday Armadillo outfit. They have Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah, I mean, it's still there. They it was supposed to only last like 2 weeks and then like they people just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, so uh,
1: yeah, that's the gist of uh of what I'm trying to put together uh Nick, I'm very excited to hear your thoughts. What do you got?
0: all right, um, I would say that you and I are very much in the same vein however style we we both want it with a stylistic film. however, my film is more stylistically in tune with i would say like the fifties sci fi movies of the time the day the earth stood still, things like that. Um, My director of choice is Dan Trachtenberg, uh, who to me is one of the better styled Twilight Zone directors right now, other than obviously Jordan Peele. Um, mm. He directed 10 Cloverfield Lane and he does a lot of ah, okay. Um, So it, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane felt very at home for me with this one. Um, My original premise, I actually have an entire page worth of notes that I crossed out and just went, okay, let's start over. Um, okay. Because <laughs> I was originally going to make it a a Wild West sci-fi. Um, but I was like, nah, I kind of want to stick it in like the, the 40s or 50s or something. And I, I'm guessing 50s just because of the the style of film I'm going for being the kind of, you know, sci-fi movies of that era. Um, so my premise is two bro- uh, two siblings, a brother and a sister. Uh, live in a remote village somewhere it's not disclosed doesn't have to be Russia doesn't have to be America anywhere but I'm guessing probably somewhere somewhere in Eastern Europe Um, or honestly it could be Ireland because I cast I cast two gingers Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it's a brother and a sister who basically for their remote village they are like the town the town fishermen fisher people Um, and they spend weeks at a time on this small island that's far off the distance of their village. I'm talking like in the 1950s. I'm talking like 50, 60 miles out into the open ocean, uh, and they spend weeks at a time on that island fishing and 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 getting supplies and things like that to bring back to the village uh, for you know food and sustenance. When suddenly a man shows up on the island, but they have no idea how he got there. He didn't have a boat. There was no plane or anything like that. He just shows up. Um, and basically the premise of my film is a Twilight Zone style film, but we never truly know whether or not the man is actually an extraterrestrial or just a cool. man who lost his way. So it's kind of an up in the air, open-ended ending uh, where the – it. it Reminds me a lot of the Colin Farrell movie on Dean, if anyone's seen that, which not many people have, but I I do recommend it. It's one of his better indie films um, where his daughter and him find a woman and the daughter believes her to be a selkie, which is basically a mermaid. Um, It's like open ended. You're you're never 100 percent sure whether or not, unless I'm misremembering the movie and then we see her fishtail but um (laughs) the the idea is that this brother and sister just never are 100 percent sure but he's injured and they you know they take him in to like heal him and like help him but something about the guy just doesn't sit right um so it's about them trying to figure out whether or not this is a man or an alien uh my siblings will be played by rebecca ferguson and damian lewis um and my my extraterrestrial-esque man uh, would be played by Bradley Cooper. Um, The title of my film is Sweet is the Night Air, uh, which is taken from a poem written by Matthew Arnold called Dover Beach. Um, I was honestly looking, I was like, I want a nice, I want an interesting, like, literature-esque title for this one. So I was looking up (laughs) poems about the ocean. Um, and I came across Dover Beach and there's a line in it um, where he says, uh, blah, 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 uh, glimmering and vast out in the tranquil bay, come to the window sweet as the night air, only from the long line of spray where the sea meets the moon blanched, uh, moon blanched land. Uh, it's a very pretty poem. Um, Whoa. But yeah, so I took my title from that. Uh, so that is Sweet as the Night Air.
1: Wow, <laughs> I'm, I'm so, still I'm still processing that poem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Conceptually, we very much have the same thing. Stylistically, we very much have different things. Yeah, um, yeah we
1: both seem to have centered on on people hard from the perspective of, of a set of people who do not know what is happening.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 very much that it's it's very much people unsure of their surroundings. I would say is a is a good way to kind of to kind of put it. Um, I am obviously, as we all know, a huge horror fan, so I am good going that route if we want to. Um, I like your idea of making it a Russian language film. Uh, We just wouldn't really be able to cast much of it. Um,
1: No, I I pretty much exhausted my resources with those two Russian actors that I I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I think it's better if we make it Take place somewhere undisclosed, so it doesn't have to be a so.
1: So yeah, but the antagonistic relationship of, of that uh, the general character from space, yeah, th- could be more easily explained by you know if it if it is still in the Soviet era, uh, by in fact landing in the West somewhere.
0: Yeah, that that could be true. We you know could if do, these I mean, people honestly... can't
1: communicate. Then there you go.
0: The idea for me was somewhere in the UK. Uh, you know, you have the Cliffs of Dover and things like that. Because
1: um, your, your people were going out somewhere remote on a fairly regular basis, yes?
0: Yes. They go out, like, in my in my mind, they go out, like, once every two months for, like, two or three weeks. To, to basically just go fishing and, like, really capture a large amount for their small village. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we could do is we could do that and then... Okay, your, your premise is based around the idea of it being a bear, correct?
1: Yeah, I was trying to do both a, a people struggling against nature and people struggling against what might be the supernatural, uh, but here's, winds up being the intrusion of technology on their more simple lives.
0: Here's an idea. What if the intruder, the, the, the humanoid stranger, um, were unsure whether or not they're human or extraterrestrial? But on top of that, the creature that is attacking them or stalking them, we are also unsure whether or not is extraterrestrial or not. So it's not a bear. We don't see it. Okay. So we have the two humans, or however many humans we use. um, And then we have the stranger. And then the creature that the stranger is helping them fight. Now, either... If we do go the route where they're both extraterrestrial, maybe the str- the stranger and the creature are from the same place. Maybe they're from completely different places. Um, I, th- I
1: think it should ultimately be something, uh, something mundane, something from Earth like a bear. Uh, you mean like revealed sp- in the end? Yes, that way we okay. can spring it on people that this odd person who's been helping them out is more akin to what they were thinking they should be afraid of.
0: So do you think the the stranger is also human in the end? No. Do you think there's actually no supernatural?
1: No, no. I, I, I think we've built up the idea of the monsters being supernatural, and it winds up being him.
0: So he is the supernatural monster. Yeah. But he is still helping them fight the bear, which they don't know is a bear. They think it is some type of creature. Yeah. I like that a lot. Because then you have the two people fighting together with this stranger, and they think they're fighting some extraterrestrial creature. Which turns out to be a bear. Um, You know, maybe there's, they see the silhouette of the bear and it's, I don't know, it's missing a leg or something. So that's why they're like, it can't be a bear, blah, blah, blah. It's three legged. Um, But, and then we have the reveal in the end that it is a bear. One of them, one of the three of them kills it with a spear or whatever. And they finally reveal that it's a bear. And then we have to find a way to reveal that the man, like, do we do a Close Encounters of a Third Kind? type situation where like we end up seeing his ship or something at that point. And is he going to, is he going to then be aggressive with them or is he, we come in peace?
1: I, I, I think the reason he's been cooperative is because the, like the bear was a threat to him too. And maybe like one of them happens to see him late at the night that they kill it, like opening it up and doing very, very weird things that we always imagine, you know, the, the sinister nature of gray aliens like doing. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and the nature of that is revealed and he
0: probably wants to do it to one of them as well. I would say then the movie ends on a cliffhanger. Okay. Like, I would well, say like, that like, the, like, some, somewhere maybe he has just kidnapped either one of them or both of them. And that's mm-hmm. the end. Or it's just, you know, we reveal that he's an alien and as they're going to, capture him or something like that, he gets away. You know, there's, there's no like full on. Yeah, he disappears
1: into the forest and we, maybe we repeat a shot that we've done earlier of when they're preparing to hunt the bear.
0: Yeah, that, or we did, uh, we do something along the lines of like, they finally figured it out and now they realize they're actually, you know, I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. That type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, creepy. We just pull a straight up Rorschach. Um, ooh, now I want our stranger to be played by Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, why not? And then if we use Rebecca Ferguson and Damian Lewis, it's just a bunch of gingers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Jackie doesn't count anymore. He's bald. <laughs>
0: uh, is he is he fully bald now?
1: Yeah, the Rorschach thing was a was a,
0: a wig. But he also had hair in Shutter Island. And well, I don't know. You 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 said the Rorschach thing was a wig. It made it sound like you were saying he's always been bald. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, just yeah,
0: most of the time, yes. <laughs> um, okay, well then, fine. <laughs> but I still think we use him because he is freaking awesome and he's creepy as all hell in Shutter Island. Yes, he um, is. So let's say I'm fine with either Dan Trachtenberg or Shane Black.
1: The fact that Dan Trachtenberg is going to direct a Predator film
0: probably lends him to this. Wait, is he really? Yeah, he's going to direct the next Predator. I actually didn't even notice. I, I didn't it's know that. It's called Prey. I, I didn't see the last one. I heard it wasn't that great.
1: Yeah, that one that they brought Shane Black back in for the first time since the original.
0: Yeah. Wait, did Shane Black direct the original? No, who wrote it. Did he really? I didn't know that either. And he was in it. <laughs> um... Okay, so Dan Trachtenberg, and then we'll use Jack Earle Haley. Um, and I guess I mean we could just use Damian Lewis and Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Damian Lewis is probably one of my absolute favorite actors. For his role in Band of Brothers, and for his role on Billions, he is Billions. something else to behold. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a shame he didn't say it with the
1: show the whole way.
0: Yeah, Billions is a fantastic show. Um, I, I still feel bad for him for his wife's passing. That That's, oh, Helen. that's horrible. Um, Helen McCroy, right? Helen McCroy, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, of course, uh, star of the Harry Potter films is Narcissa Malfoy and mm-hmm. uh, Polly from Peaky Blinders.
0: Oh, she was in Peaky Blinders. I need to watch that show. Big Blotter's Rules. Yeah, I've heard very good things about it. Um, What are we going with with title? Um,
1: I mean, in this scenario, your title works better.
0: Okay, good, because I really like my title.
1: <laughs> yeah, you went out and did, like, literary sourcing and illusions, so.
0: <laughs> I mean, I was a literature major.
1: Mm-hmm. You okay? No, I had a stroke.
0: Oh, okay. But you're over. You're done with it. Um, okay, so let's let's real quick. I, we basically have everything here, but let's flesh this out a little bit. Are we going with the island idea from my pitch, or are we just doing some remote village?
1: Uh, I don't think and, we necessarily need to do an island, um, which can be a little tougher with the British Isles. Um,
0: also, how did a bear get there?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just somewhere remote. I like it being on the coast.
0: Okay. Uh yeah, but somewhere on the UK I would think would be a cool setting. Yep. And then I think we could still keep it in the 50s cuz we can't do it present day. We can't have technology involved. No. Or or present day technology, I should say. Um so we keep in like the 50s, it has this horror aspect, this twilight zone aspect where basically the first I would say maybe th- th- Three fourths of the movie is them trying to fight the quote unquote creature.
1: Yeah. Not until like
0: the very end they reveal it's a bear.
1: Yeah. So they get up to this remote area. Why are they there?
0: Well, my my idea was the fishing thing, but let's say maybe they're just on a maybe they're just on a hike. Maybe they're Um, on a nature
1: hike. Their father has recently passed away and they used to come up here. they're, spread they're going to spread his ashes. As ashes, yeah.
0: Okay, they're going to spread their father's ashes. up here. I, Yeah, because I actually really like the idea of the siblings kind of banding together.
1: Yeah, and at a, a campsite set up up there, like, you know, it's a public campground. Uh, there's yeah. there's only one other person there, and it's this very strange man. Uh, who's extremely interested in them, and it, it feels like so. It's just very weird. Something's going to happen. But then we introduce, you know, something is is trying to kill all of these people.
0: And that's that would so be so. It's great, put to the side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not only is it put to the side, but I think it's one of those things where, like in the beginning, the audience is going to be like, "Well, obviously he's an alien." And then, you know, as we further or like the, a serial killer, like. <laughs> or a serial killer, or something like that. But then we further the approach of the creature and them all banding together to fight this thing, and they just go, "Oh no, he's just a little bit of a weirdo."
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And then once we reveal that the bear was nothing more than a bear, we then reveal the actual. Creature. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a film, bro.
1: I think I think this is a future film. Yes,
0: I think this is a future film.
1: A major motion picture.
0: A major future picture.
1: No animals were harmed during the making of this pitch,
0: except Damian Lewis.
1: Also, I pushed <laughs> the cat
0: so an animal was harmed that is an old cat don't push the cat
1: well she shouldn't have been here
0: also don't fart directly in the cat's face (laughs) it was one time
1: (laughs) she had no idea
0: all right i'm telling that story on the podcast real quick
1: (laughs) that's the whole story
0: nope there's so much more to it and by so much more i mean a centimeter Matt and I, who y'all would know from uh, the podcast as special guest Matt Delauer, um Matt and I were playing Fortnite one night online, and over Matt's headset and microphone, I just hear Rob come into the room and say, I am so sorry. And Matt goes, what? And Rob just goes, I just wanted to apologize because I farted really bad. And I turned around and Izzy was sitting there. So he just farted right in the cat's face. Yeah, I absolutely blasted her. (laughs) The poor kitty. Izzy is so old, she still is probably comprehending what happened that night. Yeah, we just had her sweet 16. (laughs) What a sweet, stinky baby.
1: And then it was a perfect storm. She's just sitting right on top of the couch.
0: and he just didn't know she was there poor kitty uh ladies and gentlemen and anyone in between episode 50 will be coming out on time as we are a week past the due date for this episode episode 50 will be launching on uh saturday may 28th So please get ready. It is our milestone episode. It is a collab with the Trilogy podcast and hosts uh, Vin and Scott. I almost said Matt because we were just talking about Matt. Hosts Vin and Scott will be joining us in the studio. We will be recording that one in person. Um, And it's going to be a really cool get. Rob and I have no idea what article they're going to or have already chosen, uh, just as we do with every special guest. So the article will be pitched to us on the spot as we record. Uh, And the four of us will come up with a not just a pitch for a film, but a pitch for a trilogy feature uh, where Vin and Scott will also have the ability to kind of talk through us, talk us through some tropes and some trilogy, you know, happenstances uh, and and things, you know, you're going to learn. You're going to learn. Knowledge is power. And we're excited to do this collab with the trilogy (laughs) podcast. Make sure you check them out everywhere. You listen to podcasts. Same as what do you got. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google, everywhere you listen. I believe they are also hosted on Podbean, um, so you can check them out there as well. Visit them on Facebook and Twitter, and again, we'll pitch a little bit more of this stuff for them once we have them in the studio with us uh, for that episode. Uh, but go check them out. They're they're awesome guys. Their podcast is fascinating and way smarter than anything the two of us idiots do. Um <laughs> but we're going to have a good time with them. And I think that is all I have to say.
1: Well, we're extremely excited. Can't wait to get that episode to you guys. First, we got to do this one. So let's go ahead and end it. I've been Rob. I've been Nick. And that's what we got. What do you got? is recorded live at the Cape Swoosh studios in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Our theme song was written and performed by Trevor Campbell. Additional music is provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And our wonderful logo was designed by Gabby
0: Vice. You can find her on Twitter at, at Gabby Weiss.